everyone. Welcome to Little Things with Amber L.B. Swenson. Today's episode is called He Matters, and we're going to be talking about fatherhood, particularly Christian fatherhood. So first off, I want to wish a very happy Father's Day to the biological, the stepfathers, the adopted fathers, anyone who is standing in the place of a father out there, because today in America, we are celebrating Father's Day. And fathers are a tremendous blessing. But first, let me tell you a little bit about me. I have been writing and teaching Bible studies for the past 15 years. I've worked with women, youth, Sunday school. I've been blogging for Time of Grace since 2017. I've written two books for them. Really what you need to know is that I love the Lord and I love the Word of God. And I find that the deeper I go into the Word of God, the more astounded I am that He loves us and that He notices us and that He cares so deeply about our lives. And my role is really to get people into the Word and to show them how awesome it is and to really get them to a place that they want to know and love God more. That's kind of my mission in life in a nutshell. So first off, I want to start with a quote by Billy Graham that says, A good father is one of the most unsung, unpraised, unnoticed, and yet one of the most valuable assets in society. Listen, it's hard. It is hard to stick with it. Fatherhood comes with millions of responsibilities. It's not just a one-time show up and put your time in and you're done. It is a constant and continual being there, not just for your children, but for your wife or for the mother of your children. And so it is hard. And I think it's okay to admit that. (laughs) It's okay to admit it because it's hard for moms too. So if you're a dad and you're sticking with it, we applaud you. Thank you for being the father that your children need. With that, I want to mention that, you know, our example is God. So he says, see, I have engraved you in the palms of my hands. Your walls are ever before me. God says that he has engraved our issues, our um, things, our problems on the palms of his hand. And let's face it, You can't ignore something that is written on your hands. If it's on your hands, you're going to see it. So um, when I was young, I used to write little notes to myself on my hands. So if I had to bring a permission slip back to school or something, I'd write a little note and pen and then go home and wash it off after I put the permission slip in my backpack. Well, God doesn't just put our name on his hands until he blesses us, and then he goes ahead and washes it away. No, he engraves us on his hands, where he will not forget us. We will always be before him. And that is crucial, because that means God the Father will never walk away from us. He is the perfect father, and he's a great example to Christian fathers here on earth. I would suggest and challenge dads to ask God to help you accept the challenges that your children present with a heart of faithfulness. Listen, I have teens. 
So I know that it can get a little bit crazy and it can get kind of rough and it's not always the most fun to deal with. But instead of walking away, the idea is to stick with it even when it's the hard thing to do. So when my daughter was in eighth grade, she was in cross country and um, she went to a particular meet where she was the only girl registered to run that day. So the organizers of the meet decided to put her with a group of guys. So they had this two mile course that they had to run and it sort of you went a little ways and then you did a loop twice and then you ran back to the starting point. So I decided to stand outside the loop so I could see her, you know, coming towards the loop. And then as she went through the loop, I could see her as she emerged and then could see her the second time as she went into the loop and then could sort of start to see her going back to the finish line. So, um, you know, we were standing there and we were cheering her on. And sure enough, she was there, you know, hanging in there with the boys. And the first time around, um, I could tell that she was getting a little bit tired, you know, or that she wasn't able to keep up with the boys like she wanted as she went into the loop the second time. Well, one by one, the boys started coming out of the loop for the second time and heading towards the finish line. And my daughter just wasn't appearing to the point that I almost started getting nervous about it, you know. And finally, I saw her coming out of the loop and she had totally lost her motivation because she couldn't keep up with the guys and she had all but given up. So I ran with her from where that loop end ended until, you know, a couple hundred feet before the finish line so that nobody saw that I was running with her. And that's the idea and the picture I want to give you. Run with your children. I know it gets hard. Like I said, we have teens and there are a lot of teen issues in our in our family and a lot of bucking the the rules that we have and we have learned to listen. Why do you think that rule is inappropriate? Why do you think you shouldn't have to follow that rule? Explain to me why you think that rule is wrong or too strict or whatever. Instead of just giving up or not dealing with it, run with your children and accept their particular challenges, whatever their particular challenges are, with a heart of faithfulness because they only have one dad and that dad is you. You are so important to them. Charles Kettering said, every father should remember that one day his children will follow his example, not his advice. Hopefully they'll follow your advice too. But it is so true that how you act, how you behave, what your priorities are, those are huge. And they speak volumes. Um, How important is God to you? Do your children see it? My husband's an RN and he works all these crazy hours. So sometimes he works days and sometimes he works nights. And you know, when he gets off of a night shift on a Sunday morning, And he meets his family at church, even though we all know he's dead tired. Boy, that shows my children how important church is to my husband. A a husband who loves his wife and shows his children what marriage is, what unconditional love is. 
that is setting them up to have their own marriage. You know, when you speak up for your wife or when you refuse to put your wife down, even when it would be the easiest thing to walk into, man, that shows your children how to treat their spouse. A man who takes care of their, his elderly parents, you know, it shows his children where his priorities are. Or a man who takes care of the neighborhood kids, you know, when their bike chain falls off or um, if their bike tire is flat and he steps in and he helps them out. Man, that shows that he cares for everyone. Um, so, so different than the guy who just comes home from work grabs a beer, and sits on the couch and tunes out everything. Doesn't care, doesn't want to care, doesn't want to be bothered, lives in his own selfish corner, and doesn't care. Craig Groeschel said, Our greatest priority as parents, as Christian parents, is to gradually transfer our children's dependence away from us until it rests solely on God. How do we do that? Well, we bring God into the situations in our life and then let our children see how God works it out. We bring God into our homes and make God an active part of our lives. I remember when the kids were little and they would be screaming and going crazy and my husband would disappear and it just absolutely ticked me off. I thought, what is going on? Why can't he help out? And so one day I followed him and he was on our bed with his eyes closed and his hand folded, hands folded across his chest. And I barged into the room and I'm like, how dare you walk away when I need you? This is when, you know, I need another set of hands. And he said, Amber, I knew I wouldn't handle it well. So I've come down here to pray. Oh my, that changed everything for me. Because I saw that instead of losing his temper, instead of overreacting, instead of saying or doing something that he couldn't take back, when my husband felt he was about to lose control, he determined to step back and invite God into the situation. Years ago, when my oldest was probably two, um, I think maybe three, we started family devotions in our house. And I remember specifically going to my husband. You know, the Bible makes the husband, the father, the spiritual head of the home. And I went to my husband and I said, you know, I really feel like we should start devotions. I really think that that's an important thing that I want to do with our children and um, I think that would be good to do. And my husband said, you know, I think that sounds great, but I wouldn't have a clue. I mean, he's a nurse. He doesn't know what that would look like. And I said, well, would you have a problem if I did devotions? And he said, oh, man, no way. I, I don't have a problem in the world with that. Go for it. Run with it. By the time my daughter was three, I was teaching her Sunday school class. And, you know, he could see that I was good with the children and, and could explain the things of God to small children. And so 
in our family, having family devotions has been something that I do. I am passionate about teaching the Word of God, and I'm still teaching our teens. I'm teaching our teen Bible study um, at our church right now, and I've been I've taught uh, our children Sunday school for years and years and years and years and years. So my husband isn't actively teaching the Word of God in our family, but boy, he makes it a priority. When it comes time for family devotions and prayers, he gathers everybody up. He's like, come on, guys. And the times that my children have tried to screw around, he has been there. And he's told them, no way, guys, we're not doing that. We are going to hang in here. We're going to listen and we're going to make the word of God a priority. So, um, you know, it, it can look all different for different families. Pray out loud and invite God into the situation. You know, a lot of times when we're um, about to go on a family vacation or when we have um, a trip that we're taking, before we leave, we pray out loud and ask God to be with us and ask him to help us and help us to glorify him in the way that we behave and the things that we do. And then as we go along and we see him answer prayer after prayer after prayer, we thank him. So we're inviting him into our day and we're inviting him into our home. And we're inviting him to be part of our lives with the hope that this really sticks with our children and that someday they do the same. Because let's face it, eventually they're not going to be able to rely on us. Even now, sometimes we let them down, but they can always rely on God. Now, I just want to take a minute to address what if you have had a terrible father? What if your father left you? What if you are raising your children as a single mother? What about um, an absentee father or you see kids in your neighborhood who don't have a good home life? What What about that? What, what can we say about that on Father's Day? Well, God said in Deuteronomy... He said, For the Lord your God is God of gods and Lord of lords, the great God, mighty and awesome, who shows no partiality and accepts no bribes. He defends the cause of the fatherless and widow and loves the foreigner residing among you, giving them food and clothing. When my son was three years old, his grandpa died and just dropped over dead one day. And... This grandfather had been a pretty important part of his life. And I remember really struggling with it because um, this grandfather would get on the floor and play with him and gave him his first tool set and um, was, you know, just a very hands-on father figure and grandfather, you know, to my son. And I remember praying afterwards and saying, you know, Lord, you are going to have to fill in a huge gap here. You have taken his grandfather home to be with you. So please put Christian men in my son's life to fill in the gap. And over and over and over, I have seen God answer that prayer. It is so amazing to watch how God has just woven Christian men into my son's life to be there as examples and to help him. And, um, So, you know, pray for that. If you don't have a father figure in your life, um, if it's something you've really missed, or if your children don't, pray for a a godly man to step in, to be a mentor, to take your child under 
his wing. We still have many neighborhood kids. Um, There was one child that I babysat for six months uh, way back when, and he has recently been biking over to our house. He's about 13 now, and he moved quite a few years ago. But he said to us when he came over for the first time again, I'd say, you know, like a month or so ago, he said, you know, my happiest day is we're in your house. And so he's been coming over and just showing up and we're just loving on him and mentoring him and helping him. And there have been multiple neighborhood kids who follow my husband around when he's planting a garden or when he's doing things around the yard and, um, He just takes them under his wing. So pray for that. There are some, there is a particular family actually right now in our neighborhood that um, I have prayed many times and reminded God of his words in Deuteronomy that he would take care of the orphans. There's a family that has um, several families living in a house, and I think there are seven children in the house. And I have seen those kids playing in the street many times. And in fact, where they're playing and where their house is situated is just over a little tiny hill. So it is extremely dangerous because the cars come right over the hill before they can see the kids. And so um, my daughter has talked to these kids and multiple of us neighbors have, you know, said to them, guys, this is really a hard place. You know, this is not the best place to play. But their house is situated on a um, corner where really neither of the streets are good places to play. And it we don't have sidewalks. So it's the only place for them to ride their bikes or their skateboards or whatever. And it is clear from the children being out that the parents are pretty uninvolved. And so I have prayed over and over, Lord, these are almost like orphan kids. Please be their provider and their protector when their parents aren't stepping in. Please, please do for them what their earthly parents aren't doing. That is the hope when there isn't a Christian godly father, godly man in the situation, or there isn't someone who's even doing the basics of fatherhood. Then we pray and we ask God to provide. And he is the father that will never walk away from us, that will never harm us, that is there for our good, not just physically, but our eternal good as well. You know, in sending Jesus, he assured us that we could be with him forever in heaven. So what a blessing that we have that. I just want to again say happy Father's Day. To all the fathers out there, I want to thank you for the important thing, things that you do every day. And I want to remind you, you matter so much, not just to your family, but to your communities, to your churches, and to so many people who are seeing you and um, benefiting from what you are doing. This has been Little Things, because in God's kingdom, the little things are the big things. Thank you for listening today, and please continue to pray for us at Time of Grace as we really try to reach the hurt and the lost with the Word of God. And if you are able, we would always welcome your financial contributions to help us spread this message and others like it with many more people.